This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, I'm joined by my friends. I have Daniel Fernandez on the phone line uh, from DSF.my. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Ah, me, very fine. Thank you for asking. Wow. And then right across from me here in the studio, of course, is Ali Johan. Hey, Ali, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome back, Richard. And hello, Daniel. Welcome back from the Far East. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's been travelling around quite a bit recently, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Now, as usual, a show in three parts. We're kicking off with some uh, launches. Of course, we've got some uh, new Toyota Alpha, the Velfire, a Range Rover, and some other stuff. In the middle, we have a discussion about Cherry, uh, their new EV, and potentially some new batteries. Wrapping up, we have, of course, a car review. It is the Porsche KN. 2023. Kick us off then, Ali. What have we got up first? MPVs, SUVs, no sedans this oh, week. Oh, okay. First up, we have the all-new Toyota Alpha and Velfire with interiors that feels like a private jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New Alpha powered by a 2.4-litre turbocharged engine as well as a Velfire that's comes with a 2.5-litre engine. Um, prices are about 100,000 ringgit apart, Daniel. What are we dealing with here? What we're dealing with here is basically executive transportation for people who travel alone in this big vehicle. <laughs> anyway, it's not my call. Now comes a brand new version, a new look. Um, I'm, I'm sort of finding the whole nose treatment a bit unusual because there's a huge grill, okay? Yeah. And really slim lights. Yeah, yeah. You know, so maybe they've gone for a whole new design language because last time, the Alphards and Velfires used to have a large headlamp and a smaller grill. Mm. Fantastic luxury features inside, fantastic seating options, a lot of um, luxury refinement on the interior, which you don't find in its rivals. And its rivals, um, I'm a bit surprised because, you know, when you see the popularity of this and you're a rival, wouldn't you dissect this interior and say, hey, yeah. I can do something similar because yeah. it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you go to its home country, Japan, it's not used by a lot of rich people, actually. It's more used for executive transportation in terms of uh, taxi, airport transfers, uh, vehicle leasing, you know. Interesting thing is I'd never seen either of these until I moved here in Malaysia. Yes, because in Europe it's not popular. Yeah, mm. yeah. Europe, executive transport comes in the form of an executive sedan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What prices are we talking here, Daniel? Okay, prices again very high because they're fully imported. They're brand new. They come with a warranty. They come with full after sales, unlike the grey pods. So you're looking for the Alpha 2.4 Turbo Executive Lounge. It's calling an Executive Lounge. Prices are five hundred and thirty-eight thousand without insurance. Five hundred and thirty-eight thousand. And for the Velfire 2.5, it's almost a cool hundred thousand less. At four hundred and thirty-eight thousand. Wow, wow! That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, indeed. It, it, it's it's literally a house on wheels. Yes, but do you think mm. there'll be a shortage of buyers? Of course not. Of course not. You're course right. Not. New uh, Toyota Alphards and Velfire in the market. An MPV that they've always championed as luxurious and premium. You know, speaking of MPVs. Proton recently announced the end of life for their 14-year-old Exora. Mm. What legacy did the Exora leave behind? 
you know, the Exora is one of these vehicles that it it, it, it almost was evergreen, you know? Mm. And you could see even some well-to-do families who might be able to afford a second and Alpha or Velfire still had an Exora because why? It did the job. It carried seven people rather comfortably. It had rear aircon vents. It had a decent engine. Yes, over the years, it wasn't very reliable. You know, the, the, the updated engine had some issues with it. But, you know, you could still go back to the dealership and get it fixed. And because there were so many sold, so many around the country, you could always get parts, you mm. know, whether it's body parts or engine parts or whatever. So wherever you went in the country on your holiday, if you break down, you know that someone will be able to fix your Exora and fix it quick. But a 14-year-old product, Seems a bit ridiculous. I mean, Proton really milked the R and D on this <laughs> they car. They did, and yeah, it, yeah. I think the last version, which was about two, two and a half years ago, when they launched it, the facelift, uh, that was after Geely had come on board. And when they said, "Oh, there's there's an Exora about to be launched," we actually thought they were going to bring in a Geely version and rebadge it. But then when they unveiled the car, it's the same old Exora. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of taxis out there right now, still Exoras. Yes, you know, the, the ones with the two-tone silver and brown. Yeah, yeah. And they're running and the taxi drivers seem to be making money out of them. Yeah. Of course, you know, some people say it looks dated, but I don't know, in my opinion, it doesn't look dated. Mm. Yeah, like you say, it's kind of evergreen, right? Non-offensive. It just, mm. it, it does the job. Yeah, it, it is what it is. In the used car market, there's so many. I would say if you're a young family coming into the market and you're thinking of buying something new, go and look at a used Exora. It might be just 20000 15000 It might just work for you for the time being until you get yourself you know, more money to get something more purposeful like the Toyota Alphard. You know, <laughs> you're doing a lot of saving to go from an Exora to a Toyota Alpha, though. Let's be honest, a lot of saving. Yeah, so that's the end of the Proton Exora. And uh, for Proton, especially with the newer SUVs, X50, X70, and X90, that seems to be the way forward. Do you think we'll see a Geely MPV? Geely has an MPV in this segment, it's about the same size, it uses a petrol driven engine. You heard it here first. I think that they would probably bring that in as a replacement because there is still a huge market for 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 this this type of vehicle, mm. a seven seater MPV at a at a very sensible price. Number two, current owners of this Exora that's five, six, seven years old, they'll be looking to upgrade. Most of these people are not higher income group. They can't afford the Alpha or even the, the, the grey import Honda Step Wagon or Toyota Spada and all that. So they'll be looking at something like this. If Geely and Proton were to bring in one of their models from China, give it a sensible engine, say a 1.6 engine or even a 2-litre engine and have rear aircon vents and sell it for below 60-65,000 ringgit, boom, I think a lot of Exora owners will trade up. Mm, could work, could work. It might be coming, but you know, let's let's wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on then. We've got something uh, a little bit sporty uh, up next. The Range Rover Sport has been launched in Malaysia by Jaguar Land Rover this week. This is a third gen model. Internally, they call it the L four sixty one. Look at it, Richard. Believe me, I am looking at it. <laughs> yes. There is currently a refresh Vela in. Jaguar Land Rover. It's in the showrooms. It came out quietly about a couple of months ago. Price has moved up a little bit. Just some small changes, you know, grill, bumper, inside entertainment system, the, 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 the layout a little bit. With this Range Rover Sport, I think they're, they're trying to tell people, okay, probably you, you're finding the big boy Range Rover at 2 million a little bit too much for you. So we bring you a Sport, you know? Specs-wise, it's 3-litre, 6-cylinder turbocharged engine with Ingenium powertrain. What about the price? Because it's petrol, 
because it's fully imported and because it's not an electric car with free tax, taxes are high on this vehicle. So the price starts at 1.6 million ringgit. <laughs> now, I know why Richard is coughing. Because wow. When Range Rover was owned by the British, it wasn't this oh, expensive. <laughs> Who whacked all that money on it then, Daniel? Hmm? I think the new owner, Tata, said, hey, right. it's time for us to make some serious money from Range Rover. Mm. No, I mean, you know, cost of vehicles are going up. Cost of technology is going up. Luxury vehicle prices are going up. Then we got our local taxes on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So just like the Defender that's, you know, 800,000, the new Range Rover is... Two plus million. Mm. This is one point six million. It's not for the average person, but trust me, I'm sure you'll see a few units outside the next Parliament sitting. <laughs> no comment. Right, Mercedes-Benz also introduced uh, a new flagship electric vehicle. We've seen this um, at the you know EQ launch. Now yeah. the EQS five eighty four Matic, Daniel. Oh, this is a hefty, handsome car. Mm. If you see it in the flesh, it's huge. It's big. It's not something, you know, it's like it's like when you see an Alpha, you know it's big, it takes up a lot of room, it, the footprint is huge. Now, it may not be as high as an Alpha, but it's wide, it's big. Now, this is Mercedes-Benz showing all its latest EV tech in one vehicle. And this, a lot of the tech in here is also available in the S-Class electric. So, the EQS SUV comes at a very, very interesting price point. Right Before that, let me just give you some of the figures that you can get from this vehicle. 544 horsepower, Oof. 858 newton meters of torque. Now, the 0 to 100 acceleration time is 4.6 seconds. Hmm. Now, earlier we were talking about the Range Rover Sport. That's petrol driven. Now, that Range Rover Sport, that's the 0 to 100 acceleration time in 5.7 seconds. Mm -hmm. So, this is 1.1 seconds faster. Not something you can feel immediately, but then, you know, for bragging rights, you can say, hey, your Range Rover costs 1.6 million. Mine costs just, and you heard it here first, how much? Hmm. Oh, don't do this. <laughs> no idea. Go on, give us a clue. Give no, us a clue. No idea? No, give us a clue. How, how can you say no idea? You know you know, electric cars are tax-free, right? Yes. Okay, so 699888. That's Practically one million, a million less. cheaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it has very similar tech, I'd imagine, to the, the Range Rover, right? Of course, of course. The cabin tech will probably be the same. Of course, the Range Rover will probably come with, you know, some added features, you know, because it's petrol-driven. Yeah. But in terms of tech and, and, and of course, you know, the Range Rover has all-terrain, 4x4 driving, which you know nobody's going to use that here. You know, you're spending yeah, 1.6 million ringgit on a, on a Range Rover. You're going to drive it on the fanciest, flattest roads possible. But anyway, one is an electric SUV, one is a petrol-driven SUV. So back to the EQS, it's a fantastic vehicle. It's large. It's, it's, it's got all the features that you want in a new technology uh, electric vehicle. Uh, impressive 22 kilowatt AC charging on board, allowing you to charge from 0% to 100% uh, in half an hour. It supports uh, 200 kilowatt DC fast charging. You know, this is the, the next generation of electric cars slowly coming into the market, giving the older cars a bad name because why? Suddenly, oh, now mine charges faster. Now mm. mine can go further. Mm. Now mine can do even better. So like this battery pack, 108.4 kilowatt, uh, lithium-ion battery pack is um, good for up to 615 kilometers of range. So, you know, as as the new electric cars come out, and we're going to talk, talk about another new one coming out very soon, the, the technology is just getting more and more interesting. That is the Mercedes EQS 584 Matic out in the markets here. Fully imported, right, Daniel? Yes, electric cars are all fully imported mm -hmm. right now. Local assembly for 
all electric cars have not started, but a lot of brands are already in planning as the government calls uh, for local assembly. Mm. Still on EVs, we also saw Tesla Model 3 launched in Malaysia this week. On the Model 3, we've got two variants, the Mm -hmm. real wheel drive and the dual motor long range. You can order it now, but they'll only deliver it to you uh, beginning Q4 next year. What's the output here, Daniel, with this Model 3? It's a very interesting model because they've been nicknaming it the Highlander because it's a brand new Model 3. We are one of the first few countries in the world to get this. We, we're even getting it before Hong Kong and Hong Kong is a big Tesla market, huge Tesla market. You can put your booking in right now. You can pick your color and your specs and all that. The rear-wheel drive version comes with a single motor and the rear axle. has a range of 513 kilometers. Between 500 and 600 kilometers is all about the charging infrastructure. And, and now it's getting a lot better in the city and along the west coast of Malaysia. The east coast of Malaysia is still being forgotten by the charging infrastructure. I hope it changes. Mm. Meanwhile, acceleration on this rear-wheel drive Tesla Model 3, 0 to 100 in 6.1 seconds. Pretty decent. Yeah, not um, bad, not bad. Now, electric cars are not designed for you to do three seconds, four seconds and and bragging rights. They're designed for you to save fuel, save emissions. Don't go and charge too often. If you're going to do three seconds, four seconds, you'll be charging more because why? You'll be just sucking the battery life out. So 6.1 seconds seems like very reasonable time. Hmm. Now, this Tesla comes with a four-year, 80,000-kilometer warranty and its battery gets an eight-year 160,000 kilometer warranty. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, so that's about 20,000 kilometers a year of driving. I think that's pretty decent because mm. that's about what most Malaysians will do. You know? mm-hmm. Now, you have the base model which starts at 189,000 ringgit. Okay? Which we've, we've, we've just explained. A tenth now, of the price of the Range Rover. I'm glad you added that. <laughs> uh, remember, there's no tax on it. Uh-huh. Now, the dual motor version, all-wheel drive, Costs a little bit more at 218,000, but the good news is it's got 629 kilometers of driving range, possible mm. driving range. Mm. And this accelerates from 0 to 100 in 4.4 seconds. That's crazy. So if you break it down, does it make sense to pay 30 odd thousand ringgit more and get the dual motor, which goes a greater distance and accelerates faster? Well, yeah. <laughs> For me. That's exactly what I thought. Because why? Because most people will say, at the end of my ownership, say five, six, seven years from now, when I want to sell the car, yeah. there will be other vehicles that are doing three seconds, four seconds. Yeah, of course. Of and course. other vehicles, you know, claiming a long range. I want to be able to be in that segment to sell this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think 80, 90% of the sales will go to the to the dual motor version. And, you know, 218,000 ringgit, if you think about it, it's like you... Deciding between a Toyota Camry, Honda Accord, Mazda 6 mm. or a Tesla all-wheel drive. Mm. Okay, uh, we're going to have to wrap up this segment, Daniel. Uh, okay. Exciting okay. as it is and interesting as it is because we want to find out what you've been up to in China. We'll be talking about that after these messages. You are tuned into Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury on the uh, phone line with Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. And of course, Ali Johan is here in the studio with me right now. We've just uh, had a bit of a chat, of course, about the... uh, 
Tesla Model 3. That was happening before the break. Now, um, Daniel has been um, gallivanting around the Far East, further into the Far East, of course, into China. Uh, and he's going to talk to us now uh, about some of the places that he visited, some of the stuff that he saw. I know he was with uh, playing with uh, some cherries, right, Daniel? This is cherry from China, C-H-E-R-Y, cherry. Mm -hmm. Now, cherry is a brand that has been in China, been in, in existence for a long time, but they've never been um, heavily export-driven until the last maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years. Now, for Malaysia, um, you, you would have heard of cherry maybe 13 years ago when they were in Malaysia for a short while. It didn't work out because the partnership with the Malaysian partner was not a very good partnership. Uh, that always happens with a lot of car companies. Like we just heard about Great Wall uh, moving from their previous partner to a brand new partner with the hope of you know uh, elevating their, 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 their after sales and, and also production. So this is what happens when car companies come to Malaysia for the first time and second time. So mm. back to Cherry anyway. So Cherry was in Malaysia before, then they left and then now they're back again. Now before this, they've been doing brisk, very brisk business in South America, in Eastern Europe, in Africa, and some other parts of the world, some remote parts of the world. Now, the reason why I can say this is because we were invited to China for the Cherry uh, Global Summit and also showcase for the new products uh, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And this was in their headquarters in Wuhu, China, a five-hour drive away from the, the heart of uh, Shanghai. Okay, right. yeah. So we took a bus ride after we landed. We got to Wuhu, beautiful city. I liked it because there's a lot of old and new. You know, there's a mixture of both rather right. than just being completely modern, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, they are not big in the, in, the, in, the, in the large car markets like Central Europe and America and Canada and Japan and Korea simply because, you know, at, at one point, nobody wanted to deal with the Chinese car brands, right? Mm, mm. So they said, no, you don't want to deal with this? Okay, we'll go to other markets. And they went to other markets and they made a solid impact. Sales are moving very fast. On top of that, the markets that I've just mentioned, most of, most of them are left-hand drive markets. Okay, yeah. So so Cherry and China, it's all left-hand drive. So for them yeah. to adapt, easy. They just take the cars, plonk them there, maybe do some you know, localization in terms of AC mm. and, and, uh, and uh, heat, heat and ventilation. And the cars start running and they're doing very well. And, the, and a lot of the dealers that I spoke to who were there and also some of the media the brand is doing very well. It's even competing with the best from Japan and Korea. And in some countries, they've also overtaken them in terms of sales. Mm. So they've got a whole range of new vehicles and they've also got some sub-brands. When I say sub-brands, it's like Toyota. When it had a sub-brand, it was called Lexus, right? Yeah. yeah. Honda, sub-brand, Acura, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, with Cherry, their sub-brand is called Jayco and they've got another one called Exceed. Jayco? Jayco, J-A-E-C-O-O. So Jayco is a whole range of SUVs. Now, Cherry themselves are already in Malaysia with two SUVs. More are coming. They also have a sedan, but you know, their focus now is on SUVs because the whole world is going crazy for SUVs. So they've got in every sort of segment an SUV, small, large, medium, very large, executive, you know, whatever, seven-seater, five-seater. So with Jayco, they got the same thing. But at the moment, they showed us two. Then comes Exceed. Now, for this show, I want to concentrate a little bit on Exceed because this is a vehicle that just, boom, blew me away. Okay, why? Now, because it's fully electric. Yeah. And if you look at the pictures, it's an awesome looking car. It does look a bit meaty. It looks a lot like a cross between a Taycan, a Neo. 
uh, a jaguar maybe you yeah. know something sleek low slung wide uh, very clean lines the design language of this vehicle is phenomenal to me honestly yeah. yeah and you know the detailing on it the level of luxury the level of technology fantastic but beyond all that you know for a car maker like cherry who's who's gone global is going very big very fast and flushed with cash it's easy for them to take in all this luxury and of course tech but the most important thing like with any other electric car is the battery because that's the heart of the electric car mm. so if you got the battery to shock the nation shock the world you are going to be a market leader immediately okay so go on then um, there's something coming here isn't there okay so they have hooked up with china's biggest battery maker which is catl mhm now catl have been building batteries for years catl also supplies batteries to a lot of car manufacturers who have gone into the ev space but for cherry they've co-developed this new battery system and the delivery is just i mean on paper it sounds fantastic okay they are they've promised these figures i don't know whether it's going to be reality or not but i don't think they're going to disappoint us in terms of um, you know giving us the figures so i'll give you an example you can go from 0 to 400 km of uh, driving range you can charge up in less than 10 minutes what yes that's a completely different paradigm shift is that the charging technology must be completely different then everything is new even the battery technology is new it's called the shenzing battery the catl shenzing details completely on dsf.my you can go and read up on it this is the world's first 4c super fast charging lfp battery now i'm interested now, yeah when the battery is fully charged you have a driving range now this is coming from their technology guys they said more than 700 kilometers but we are being safe and just saying 700 kilometers so the moment you get 700 kilometers of driving range you open up a whole new segment in the game remember someone was saying daniel when are you going to get yourself an electric car i said no i'm waiting for the next generation battery mm. and i said it's already there but they've not released it yet mm. this is it they were already developing it now they've released it the facts i'm sharing now on this battery i am sure byd and some others have similar or better technology about to come out yeah for sure okay for sure right. so now let's get back to the vehicle itself now this exceed sedan there's a there's a there's a suv version also they had a demo unit there with the doors closed now it's the size of a rolls royce cullinan with smoothened out edges slim lights very clean dolphin like shape but it's huge and when i say huge i'm talking cullinan size 24 inch wheels you know big thing seven seater electric doors and everything else now that vehicle is going to be sharing the same battery tech with this but with slightly longer driving range longer longer they are hitting 800 kilometers but surely this thing is heavier because it's bigger right so, so they can fit more you know, batteries that's how in the, it. the yeah. technology is going you know yeah, 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 yeah. but that size i don't think a lot of people will be able to use it in malaysia mm because of parking and everything else but we've seen how the alphards have grown we've seen how the range rover has grown we've seen how the defender has grown mm, you know mm. so i'm not surprised that when it comes here though there'll be enough people lining up to buy it so back to the sedan i got into the sedan and you know the touch feel points the the luxury fitment the technology in this car and and let me tell you this this car actually has a selfie camera 
<laughs> and the reason for the selfie camera, which I started laughing when they were explaining it, is because you can do Zoom meetings while you're on the go. Oh, no. Those are the kind of things that you want in your Alphard, in your Velfire. Yes. You don't want them in one of these. Yes, but you got it in this because this guy's got full autonomous driving capability. But of course, for Malaysia, it might not be, be able to work it. But it's got a selfie camera. You can actually snap a picture and send it. You can call people just by voice activation. You can send a message, voice activation, it'll type out itself. A lot of features instead, a lot of tech. In fact, I've not seen an electric car with this much tech to date. Okay? Oh, okay. Now, before I end, the best part of all this, the best part of all this is the price. Go on then. Go on then. In China, the estimated selling price will be in China, because they're going to launch it in the, in the next month, just under 200,000 ringgit. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. So, I asked them, if it came to Malaysia, what would the price be? They said, well, you know, since you've got no tax in Malaysia, maybe 250, 260, 270. Wow. So, can you imagine all this for less than 300,000 ringgit? Mm. It's gonna come I s- might be tempted to buy one. <laughs> it's going to come storming in, isn't it? It'll storm the market. Hmm. Price-wise, straight up with the Model 3 that we just spoke about. Exactly. It goes up with the Model 3 because this has got a much higher spec, much higher... I mean, when you're buying a car for 218000 mm. if I told you I can give you this at two hundred and fifty, you say, why not? You know, mm. it's a mm. seven-year loan. Mm. And on top of that, before I forget, 10-year warranty on the battery and the vehicle. And the Tesla was offering, what, eight years, right? Eight uh, years, eight yes. Years. And and how confident are they in this battery tech, Daniel? Well, it's CATL, and you know, if you if you actually go and um, do a search on CATL, they are a fantastic company. Mm. You know, they've got some fantastic te- technology, and they only do batteries. You know, when you talk about a company that's just concentrating on one thing, eh, mm. you know they're going to be good at it, right? Yeah. If you, if you talk to a company that's say making smartphones, suddenly they want to make cars, then you say hello, friend. You know. <laughs> You know? Or a, a company that's building bicycles suddenly wants to build a lorry. Mm. Come on, a friend, you know? This company is just batteries and batteries only. Okay. As exciting as it is, again, I have to wrap up because we've got uh, one segment left, of course, and it yes. is a car review. It is the Porsche Cayenne 2023 facelifted. That's all coming up after these messages here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury. Of course, we've got Daniel Fernandez on the phone from DSF.my. Ali Johan is here in the studio as well. It's been a very exciting show so far. EV stuff, lots of stuff coming out of China. Daniel's extremely excited, potentially buying a new EV car if it comes here. (laughs) But of course, we've got to wrap up the show uh, shortly. Uh, So we have a car review. Uh, It is the Porsche Cayenne 2023, uh, the facelifted version. Daniel, tell us all about this. Okay, so this is not an electric car. Remember that. Yes. This is a nice, you know, petrol-sipping 3-liter V6 turbocharged Porsche engine. Mm -hmm. This is an engine that has been carried into a lot of Porsche vehicles and also its sister companies. You know, Porsche is part of the Volkswagen group and everything else. So Audi has used the engines, uh, Volkswagen themselves, Skoda, Seat and all. So this is a very easy, common, um, purposeful engine. But for the Porsche Cayenne, it's been tuned for 
different kind of power delivery. Mm. So we'll come to that later. But now comes the information on this facelifted Cayenne. This is the third generation facelift. Now, the first generation had a few facelifts. The second generation had a few facelifts. This is the third generation. And I think this is the second facelift, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Cayenne has been selling very well, uh, doing well globally. It's it's a Porsche savior product. It's a product that saved Porsche because it sold so well, it sold so much, and it made them a load of money. This latest Cayenne uh, uh, is also going to be local assembled because the previous one was local assembled. The first time Porsche has allowed local, uh, sorry, first time Porsche AG has allowed assembly outside of Germany. Mm -hmm. So Malaysia was the first place. They did more than a thousand Cayennes in the last one year. Well done. Uh, sold very well. You see them on the road. Now comes the facelift. Now, if you don't park them side by side, you'll probably not notice the facelift. The silhouette is about the same. Mm. But there are a lot of changes. The headlamp treatment is completely new. Completely new. The front bumper, the side sails, the low bumper treatment, all completely new. Mm. You go to the rear, the rear tailgate lights, everything completely new. In fact, the rear tailgate sort of mimics the, the 911 uh, sports car. Oh, you know? yeah. Okay, so if you see it from the rear, it's 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 more like a 911 sports car. Of course, it's sitting upright. Uh, it comes standard with a lot of equipment, a lot of fancy equipment. But I want to say this: um, you can go to you can go to DSF and look at the radio equipment. But the first thing you notice is soft closing doors. Now, what is soft closing doors? When you shut the door, you don't have to bang it. You just slowly, you know, push it towards uh, the, 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 the 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 body, yeah. and it sorts of. Like, like like a magnetic field that just shuts it, you know? There's nothing worse. The amount of people that get out of the car and just whack the door. Oh, my word. It drives me bananas. Yes. So this is a luxury feature which a lot of more expensive vehicles have got. So this has got soft closed doors. Get into the vehicle. You'll see a new steering wheel taken from the sports car also. The gear shifter is now sitting on the dashboard. It's a little uh, flicker switch. Uh, you know, because this car is automatic, 8-speed. So, the flicker switch for the gear is on the dashboard. Just like with its siblings, the Audi and the um, Volkswagen Golf GTI. Mm. Start top button on the right. You've got pedal shifters if you need to get a bit more excitement of it. Center control, you've got aircon controls on a nice little glass panel. Right in front of you, the instrument panel now. Curved glass that you find in the Porsche Taycan electric car. Very fancy. Very fancy. Center console up within the dashboard, not sitting above or sitting below, but right within the dashboard is the infotainment and control systems. Nicely flush with the dashboard, easy to use, big letterings. You know, you can see the pictures on DSF, very clear, very easy to get used to. Again, comfortable seats, plenty of legroom. Richard, you can sit at the back. Someone as tall as you can sit in front and drive, no problem. That's, that's how much legroom we got. Huge luggage space. Get into the car, switch on the engine, you don't hear anything. The insulation is near perfect. Even though it's got a slight rumble if you put the window down. But if the window up because of the, the, the thick glass, mm. you don't hear any sound. Get out, drive it in comfort mode, you don't hear much. Put it in sports mode and that's when the excitement starts. Mm. The exhaust no changes, the car gets more, you know, car gets more excited, you know. The whole engine engine uh, transformation is is delivered to you mm. at your uh, palms. The 3-liter V6 delivers 353 PS. Might not sound like a lot, but it's got 500 and Newton meters of torque. Mm. So compared to the older version of the Cayenne, 
Now you've got 13 PS more and 50 Newton meters of torque more. It might not feel a lot much difference if you get in and out of the car on the older model and this model, but it is more powerful. Mm. Now, one big change between this Cayenne and the old Cayenne, the biggest change, which a lot of people didn't notice, I only noticed it when I returned the car back to the dealership, is the nameplate Cayenne, the font has changed. Oh, has it? Yes. Huh. So, I asked them, I said, why was it changed? He said, actually, globally, Porsche decided with this new model, they were going to change the Cayenne font, but they didn't make a big news out of it. They didn't make a mm. big hullabaloo out of it. Mm. They just slowly just did it, you know? Mm. And I think this is probably uh, going to follow through with the Panamera and the Macan. They're going to slowly change the font. Yes. Now, why are they changing the font? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I think the previous font was a lot better than the current font because the current font seems a little bit too cursive you know? Mm. But, you know, they've got their reasons for doing it. Yep. Price-wise, the price has gone up just a few percent. 599999. Okay. So that's just below, just a dollar below 600,000 ringgit. Again, it's a nice family vehicle. It's a nice performance vehicle. It's a Cayenne. You can't go wrong with a Cayenne, you know, in any way you look at it. It's a good-looking vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So, I would look at it more like, you know, well, you know, it's got large wheels, but I think larger wheels, slightly lower, then you have that more sports car-like feel, you know? Mm -hmm. huh. Top speed of 248 kilometers an hour, huh? Yeah, it's, it's still a very fast vehicle. It's still got a lot of power, you know, um, 500 newton meters of torque, 0 to 105.7 seconds. Of course, it's not as fast as some electric vehicles. But again, if you're not into electric vehicles and you still want a petrol-driven vehicle, this makes a lot of sense in the luxury market. So uh, you're given the choice, Daniel. You have one of these or you have one of those uh, fancy electric cars. You're going to go with the electric car, aren't you? I'm still not... Like I said, I'll still wait for the technology to evolve further, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at, you know... Uh, a battery that will do a thousand kilometers. It doesn't seem that far away, you know. Yes, and it must be half the size. Why half the size? So that you reduce the weight by at least five, six hundred kg. Mm. All right. That means, that means the electric car is no longer two tons. I want it to be below two tons. Ali, anything to ask? Mm, in the same price range at six hundred thousand, what else is out there? You got cars from BMW, you got Mercedes, you got Audi, but you know, a lot of them are plug in hybrid. A little bit more complicated technology. Uh, this is just straightforward. V6, petrol, take it and drive it. Right ah, just like that. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. Most welcome. Folks, of course, we've come to the end of the show this week. A show in three parts, as usual. Part one, we had the uh, new Toyota Alpha and the Velfire, the Range Rover Sport, the Mercedes EQS, and the Tesla Model 3. We had a chat about Cherry's new EVs and uh, potential new batteries incoming. And then wrapped up there, of course, with the car review of the Porsche Cayenne 2023, the facelifted version. If you missed any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend using the BFM app. That's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. This has been Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.